Just wing it. This is CFG Unbuttoned. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. An off-the-cuff take on politics, pop culture, and current events. Hello, everybody. Tim Bennett here with my good friend and co-host, Mr. John T. Nash. We are TFG Unbuttoned, the podcast from your friends at the Focus Group. We're here every Tuesday. And uh, that is due to, due to our friends at Critics' Choice Video. So thanks to them for uh, supporting us since we started this podcast. And we'll talk about them a little later. Uh, they are America's movie and TV authority since 1987. And uh, you can find them at focusgroupradio.com. And start shopping. Uh, start your shopping journey there. I'm a little tongue-tied today, John. I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe because you put a lot of effort into that. that Just opener. wing it. <laughs> I love I thought, my God, you're wired for that stuff. I don't come up with things like that. I have to. Well, I took a journalism that. class, and we had to write headlines. That's all we did. Brevity. And I don't know why I still you still do it. Yeah, I, you can't take them literal. I guess is the deal, right? You can't be literal with them. Yeah, no, no, and that's why that works. But when people know the story behind why that came up, they'll chuckle. <laughs> right. It's our third story today. So how unbutton works is we, John and I, pick three uh, stories that uh, caught our eye for the week, and it's twenty minutes in and out. We do this uh, podcast some. Some of the stories, sometimes we both find the same ones. In the last couple of weeks, we both have found some of the same stories. Um, two of them this week, though, I did not. Uh, two that you sent me this week, I did not find, which were interesting. I guess it's based upon what we read, right? It's the news feed. Yeah, whatever pops in. And and sometimes I randomly, it, I'll, I'll find a cache of stories all at once. Maybe it's Business Insider, I, some right. of the publications I, I frequent, like, There'll be these lifestyle things that are slightly business, slightly lifestyle that pop up. So, did you watch that um, or any parts of that congressional hearing last week where they did the uh, they had all of the social media people in and uh, yelling at them? Yeah. yeah. Did you watch? And then any making of that? Mark Zuckerberg turn around and apologize to people in the audience. Yeah, he was Holly's bitch. That made was, him that was, that's going to really that's that bites and stings. I mean, the one thing I will say um, is, was it uh, Lindsey Graham said something like, you know, he listed a whole bunch of massive industries and, and how they're regulated. And mm -hmm. then he's like, and you can't even we can't sue you. We, you're, you're free and clear to operate. What What's the I don't know. It's well, uh, they're calling the kettle black because I think it was Klobuchar. One of them senators said. We've been talking about this for 12 years, and they still, there seemed to be bipartisan support for regulation, but they've never done anything. They haven't done anything. Yeah. Congress has yet to do anything. So I don't know what they're waiting on. It's, it's like they said, you know, she said one, one door blows off a, 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 an airplane and we, we, we ground the whole, whole fleet. One Yahoo back after 9-11 tries to light his shoes on fire. You still have to take your shoes off at the airport, which is absurd. And, you know, you can't bring a water bottle on flight as yeah. if you're MacGyver. You're going to build a bomb with a water <laughs> bottle in your shoe. Well, yeah, yeah. No, it's just great. It's absurd. Or, you know, the tooth, the toothpaste and your, your. Uh, yeah, emotion. Bob had hair gel confiscated at the it's Vegas ridiculous. airport. I mean, it's, it's like. Ridiculous. What are you going to do with it? You think I'm going to make, I mean, I don't know. I yeah, just, I've, I've told you before that um, I know folks in that area of work and mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff that you deal with at the airport is, I, I'm just going to say it, it's, it's security theater. Yeah. Um, the real hard work of keeping you safe is going on behind the scenes and it's not someone putting a wand over you. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, you're right. It's perfect. That's perfect security theater. I've not heard that before. Oh, that's what he called it. And uh, it is it is a deterrent. And they have statistics that show that it does, um, you know, 
stop certain behaviors or certain things from being brought on a plane. But when he described in, in very loose terms, because they're not allowed to really talk about it, what did go on behind the scenes, I'm like, oh my God. He goes, yeah, from the minute you book that ticket, you, your name is run repeatedly through databases. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do it. When you and I were at that little airport in Colorado, I'm thinking you and I need to get a vending machine at every little airport in the country. Because as you remember, it, it was literally three feet from where you went through security mm-hmm. and people were buying water. And then the TSA would, you went through, they took it and threw it in a big barrel. My guess is they loaded it up again and waited. They just made dollars all day long. People putting, putting <laughs> dollars in one. I, I think you're right. They could put the unopened one back in the machine. They put it right, right. back in the machine. They probably probably got a side deal with the vendor in town. You know how many of these <laughs> can you can you go through? Just revolve them. You know, I saw I, totally not related to this. I just saw something um, on Instagram that made me chuckle. It was a it was a woman's hand holding a an ice cream cone. You know the um the, the ones that were softer the not the the brittle cone but the softer cone oh, yeah that yeah that like foamy cone yeah yeah and inside of it or on top of it was a big scoop of what looked like some kind of chocolate or coffee ice cream until you realize it was called this is the January flavor someone scooped up slush from the road oh and inside and sticking out slightly I didn't, <laughs> I couldn't tell what it was it was a cigarette but oh, it was like Jan- January's flavor <laughs> nasty. <laughs> But see, I, I I smile at stuff like that because I don't come up with things like that. But that was funny, right? Yeah. Well, you know, you would have come. You've come up with some very brilliant things. I think you would have come up with that. I think. I don't know. I think some of the social media stuff. People people are either they're they're doing it. You know, like they they get it. They take the picture. They move on. Hey, everyone gets a one off. Everyone does. <laughs> you know. You know what was it? You know, magic doesn't happen all the time. But yeah. once it can't get happen. you can't capture lightning in a bottle every time. <laughs> It was like when when we talked before about when Volkswagen did that uh, Star Wars ad. Then they tried to do it over and over again. Didn't work over and over again. It worked once. Mm, no, right? and it got more expensive as the right. time went on because the next year they recreated the cantina scene from Star Wars. And I mean, they really recreated the cantina. Outrageous. An yeah. outrageous expense, right? Oh, uh, when you and I learned the numbers behind it, I was like, wait a minute. Wow. That's a, that's a lot of focus groups. <laughs> that's a lot of everything. So uh, as we said, we have three stories today. The first one, this is a story both John and I found, and, and probably many of you have seen this as well. The headline is Outrage in Seattle After Raids of Several Gay Bars Citing Lewd Conduct Laws. So LGBTQ advocates in the state of Washington were outraged. They said there was a sting of inspections over last weekend, which included LGBTQ establishments, and they cited patrons for the way they were dressed. And so the lewd conduct charge or violation is based upon clothing choices and the Washington State Liquor and Cannabis Board, which I thought was funny as an addition, um, identifies whether you're showing body parts such as nipples or buttocks or something. So if you had jock straps or if you were wearing, I guess, a harness a tank or something. Top, tank even. top. <laughs> And if you were exposing body parts, then um, you would be getting a, a ticket. Now, the, the defense is that um, the state of Washington said they just didn't pick on LGBTQ establishments, that they'd gone to a number of them. Two of them just happened to be historic gay clubs. But um, what, do you, what do you think of this? This just seems to be out of the blue to me. I, I read this, and of course, the two that they chose, if they, I think the article said they, they did eight to 10 clubs or nine yeah. clubs or something, and two of them were the Cuff Complex and the Seattle Eagle. 
if you were law enforcement and you knew the community at all and you wanted to like score some kind of a mm-hmm. hit with this ridiculous thing, you couldn't pick two better bars, right? Because you're, right. you know, guys are going to dress a certain way for those things. Um, and they even kind of acknowledged it by saying the board's chair, this is the, uh, the, the liquor board and the cannabis board, initiated the discussion, acknowledging the community's concern and confirming the inspections and saying that he was also aware of generational trauma around police officers or law enforcement entering these kinds of establishments and, and causing a problem or, you know, raid. Right. So they, they backpedaled on the raid. They, it's not a raid. It was just an inspection. And, and they even acknowledge in here that they, the law is kind of stupid, but, you know, they got to enforce it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I was just wondering whether anybody had made complaints, if, if that's why they had done this. Because to me, I don't have you have you I, I don't think you have. But have you ever gone to one of these jockstrap parties or something? No, I've been to like the Eagle and stuff like that when that's been going. You don't have to dress like that. You can right. wear jeans and a T-shirt. But I never. Right. What I never understood about those places is when they have a jockstrap night or something. And maybe I should go to do investigation work. Is that you obviously didn't you obviously have to take your pants off or something when you get there. Right. You check because your clothes. Yeah. yeah. So you're not walking in and just a jockstrap. No, no, no. But, you, but you I wonder that what, what happens, though, if the club, you know, there's a fire, the club gets raided, whatever. All of a sudden you're there and you're jockstrapped. You have to run out in the street. That That's always been my fear. I'm always thinking like you, three steps ahead. Of, okay, well, I'm wandering around here in a job. Well, now, what happens Tim, if? Were you, I don't know if you were at the studio when this, back in the day when we, after Sirius and before what we're doing now, we were at the studio downtown. Right. And Keith used to be there as one of the studio managers and he used to be a New York City cop. And I don't right. know if you remember the story he told about having to go to arrest somebody at a party that used to be in the, it was in the meat packing, packing district, which is now really fancy and upscale. But back then it had a lot of interesting kind of clubs and bars. And it was and a, bars, right? Yeah. And it was a clothing optional party or a jockstrap party. And they were arresting <laughs> some guy who was dealing. Um, I forget what the drug was, but they knew he was there. They knew he had a quantity on him. Oh my God. And so they come to the establishment and they turn on all the lights and everybody's like, you know, half naked or in jockstrap. <laughs> And I said, well, what did you do? He said, well, we, we politely waited for all the gentlemen to collect their, he said, you know, when you go to those parties, you check your clothes in a plastic bag and they're, they give oh you a gosh. check and a label. And we had to, and, and everybody like patiently got their clothes. <laughs> so it sounded very respectful. Yeah. And they did in fact nab the guy and they had, they put him under arrest, but they shut the, the, the venue down for that reason, for the arrest thing. But that's what you do. You, you check your clothes and hopefully you, 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 you yeah, get them all the way out, that, right? Something tells me the politeness of the New York City Police Department maybe isn't all the time. Like, well, that <laughs> might have that might have been, you know. Gentlemen, you, you, gentlemen, put, get your clothes, get, oh, your, sir, pants, sir, girls, get your panties. Sir, if you drop something, please. Um, I, I'm sure that like us, the storyteller gets to uh, change that a little bit. And I, and I thought it was told in a very respectful and funny way, but I, I think well, you may him, be right. Yeah. And knowing him, oh, you know, oh yes yes no we, we know we know who we're getting here just get your clothes <laughs> you're on your way yeah, yeah yeah don't worry the uh the second story comes from the philadelphia inquirer it's about a bar which uh is in an area you know well the midtown village or as it's also known the gayborhood in philadelphia but um so this bar moriarty's it's a bar restaurant had posted a help wanted ad on craigslist uh toward the end of january and the listing essentially said that they wanted, they advertised an opening for a male bartender in Center City, Philadelphia at Moriarty's. And under the qualifications and skills, one of the requirements was must be biologically male. 
So of course, this threw everything into a tailspin. And uh, so the LGBT, LGBT, not LGBTQ, LGBT affairs, QIA, yeah, yeah, office in Philadelphia and advocates, which then they've added the QIA, no plus. The um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's so confusing, right? We, well, well, when Tim just, and I started in this world in this business, it used to be it was the gay, gay. lesbian market. It was the gay, gay market, market, right? You throw all the letters, so LGBT, yeah, but we're, we're playing with this. But anyway, the. The issue became that um, everybody was upset because they said that it's illegal for employers to make decisions based on a person's race, religion, gender, or sexual identity in Philadelphia, not necessarily in Pennsylvania, which is a bit draconian. The, um, so I read through this, and of course, they talked to a whole bunch of different activists and people and civil rights folks within in the city about how this was, and everybody was simply outraged. The restaurant just had no comment. Did you? I'm wondering if you thought the same thing I was thinking when I read this. I kept thinking over and over again if you want a biological male, fine. Do not put it in the ad. Well, yes, of course. You would have made that decision <laughs> when you did the interview, right? You don't, have to, in. you don't have to say a word. You, you, you don't have to say anything. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for your time. We'll get back to you. When you find the candidate you like and you, in your, you know, your set, right. go, go to it. But they're poking the bear. It's probably the the person wanted to say, you know, we're not woke. We want a real male, blah, 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 right? Is, is, is probably the owner some... I got to tell you, the other thing about this, that a, a lot of organizations got their panties in a bunch over this, yeah. and I get it, but how many people really were paying attention to a want ad for a bartender? And, and, and you know what I'm getting at? Like, like these organizations stepped up, how dare they do this? This is anti this, it's anti that. And I'm thinking... All right, you're earning your paycheck by doing this, but the the pool of people who are being affected and who are actually paying attention is really kind of, I, I'm, maybe I'm, I'm probably wrong about this, but it seems to me it was almost a non-issue that's an issue. They should have had their hands slapped. They should have been told this, you, for a whole host of reasons, there's a lot of things you can't do when you're hiring somebody. This mm-hmm. is one of them. Right. Um, and I just it just reeked of kind of a freshman kind of or or, or I haven't done an ad before attitude. <laughs> well, since they are in the neighborhood, maybe they were cons- maybe they they wanted to be specific. I guess is why they said biological male, which still is exactly what you said. If you had an idea of the type of person you wanted to hire, you see who applies, and then you make your decision based on that. Because a lot of times it is about fit. They said that they said the job also said there was a potential to become something greater. <laughs> the bartenders typically average between 20 and 45 an hour. I think I'm going to go to bartender school. Besides being biologically male, all candidates would be required to communicate and understand our guests predominant language, which I didn't quite understand what that was. And they put a, a they put a, a language parentheses language yes, language, which was so. another thing to me that because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know there was a cheesesteak place in Philly that that particularly was again poking the bear. They put a sign cheese up. wit cheese wit. No, they put a sign up that said English English speak uh, speak English only, something mm. to that effect. Which they knew exactly what it was going to do, which gave them hundreds of thousands of dollars in publicity <laughs> because. <laughs> The, you know, the owners, but again, if you're going to order a cheesesteak and you don't understand what it is, someone's going to be able to communicate it properly, uh-huh. right? It's exactly what you were saying about how you're going to hire somebody. But this also reminds me of, though, remember Abercrombie and Fitch was in trouble because they wanted to have a certain look, almost runway models oh, that my worked in their God. stores. I thought of Abercrombie, too, when I and read And you couldn't this. have, you. they didn't want you wearing any headpiece or a hijab mm-hmm. or anything, which 
I had no problem with that if that's the if that's their brand ID, yeah. because that's exactly what it is. And then I thought back again. You and I have said this a million times. How many Asia, uh, Chinese restaurants have you been in where you've been waited on by somebody that wasn't Chinese or Asian? Mm-hmm. How many, you know, you go you go to the uh, we go to the Mexican restaurants all down here. It's all Mexican Latino. I'm, you know, so is that all discriminatory because they've only hired people that are either you know of Spanish descent or Mexican descent or Chinese. I'm going to say something totally bad, I what? suppose, but I would suspect something's wrong if nice. I was at a Mexican restaurant. I don't want to go restaurant. to a Chinese restaurant and have you know Sarah and Mary wait on me. <laughs> I'm like, is my food really? Is this really being prepared in the style of the country? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm telling you, no, I don't, you know, it's like when you go to one of the Italian restaurants in South Philly, I want, you know, I want, I want, you know, Mama Celeste back there making, I want her to come out and tell me right. it was her secret recipe from Sicily or exactly. something. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's no, it's no different than in a lot of retail establishments myself. So anyway, I, I didn't get spun up on this, but a lot, obviously a lot of people did. And so they were exercised. That's yeah. as, as you said, you could have just quietly said, well, I don't think they're a fit. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for coming in. Right. We moved on. <laughs> So in our in our uh, our tease was a story John had found that happened out of uh, out of Mexico, and uh, the headline is: Man opens plane's emergency exit and walks on wing after four hour tarmac delay. So this was an Aero Mexico flight, and there were seventy seven passengers on the plane. Apparently, the plane was delayed uh, due to some ma- maintenance light or something that came on. But the people were complaining that they they it was getting very stuffy. They had lack of air. And we're locked up essentially for four hours. So this guy, it sounds like, opened up the emergency door and took a walk out on the wing, but opened it up in order to get some air in the aircraft because uh-huh. we were just sitting. And uh, when he was going to be arrested, which I think he eventually was, he had a number of, a majority of the passengers came to his defense and said, hey, you saved us because we were just all stuck in here, which uh, I was surprised about because usually if a plane get stuck at a gate or there's an issue, they'll open the doors or they'll let you leave and stay near the Mm. the waiting area. My guess is this one may have pulled back from the gate. That's the one thing I didn't see in here um, was whether or not it was just sitting on, because this has happened where planes have pulled back from the gate. They sit on the, uh, the tarmac forever. It must've been on the tarmac because it says when, after he opened up the, the door, the plane, it required the captain to take the plane back to the gate. Right, right. And they had to clear the plane and read. Yeah. yeah. Um, it says almost all the passengers signed a statement um, on a handwritten piece of paper saying that they supported his actions and um, that this was a good thing that he did this. You know, this is this is one of those weird things about air travel, right? Like there's all these arcane rules. I suppose right. they're there for But if the plane is sitting you have your seatbelt on, it's left the gate, it's sitting for three hours on the tarmac, and you have to go to the bathroom. You're not allowed to get up and go to the bathroom. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of things. So and if you're sitting there and the air is getting very stale, I mean, it's unhealthy, right? It's just unhealthy. Yes. Yeah. And and if you're at this door, like, I I might have even popped it open myself. I'm not. It's not about claustrophobia or anything, but my God, like, okay, folks, four hours. I mean, they could have been to their destination in Guatemala by, and already gotten off the plane by then, right? Yeah, well, the plane was supposed to take off at 8.45 a.m. They didn't leave the airport until almost 2.20 p.m. Mm-hmm. So that's how long they were delayed. But they said they had to empty the aircraft and get a new one because of him opening the, the door. You remember when I was going to Vegas to meet you for a meeting for Subaru and I got oh, sick yeah. on the plane? You didn't and just get sick. You had a, a appendicitis. But 
Yeah. Right. And they said that we were number, you know, 43 for takeoff. And I'm doing the math saying that's another three hours or two hours sitting here on the tarmac. And uh, that's when I said to the flight attendant, I said, I need to get off the plane. You can't. We're in line. I said, well, what if I open up that door? Because <laughs> I was sitting in the exit yeah. row. Yeah. <laughs> she said, <laughs> she said, you'll get arrested. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can I get you ginger ale and some crackers? <laughs> Here's an aspirin. <laughs> yeah. So she essentially pump, you know, pumped me up with ginger, warm ginger ale and, and, and pretzels on our way to Vegas. But yeah, I could see. Um, but the other thing to me is, when, how did it get to the point where somebody can get up and just open the door on the plane without the flight attendant seeing somebody? Well, they're probably it? sitting in their jump seats, either in the back or the front. Not paying attention. Yeah. Well, they might be paying, but they're probably just looking at their phones and they're probably just as uncomfortable as the passengers. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I'm just surprised. Guy's... Could you imagine? Oh, look, that guy's gonna open the door. I'll let him open. The door. <laughs> get us back. To they the would gate. never confess that, but <laughs> let's get us back to the gate. <laughs> so, as we mentioned from the uh, the start here, Critics Choice Video has been with us since we started here on TFG Unbuttoned, and we appreciate your support of them. Uh, you can find them by going to focusgroupradio.com and clicking on the Critics Choice Video logo. It's America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987. And there's always great, uh, great deals there and um, things to find beyond just movies and TV, of course. But uh, we like to um, say, as John says, not everything that uh, you like is going to be streaming forever or available. No, no. And, and I'm there now. And I the, the sometimes the homepage is eerily geared toward I mean, maybe it reads my is it based on what you click. <laughs> well, there's a bunch of stuff that I actually like on the homepage. First, you can always get a catalog. Um, you could sign up to get a free catalog. And it's in the top left corner of the menu structure. It comes every couple of weeks. It's a nonlinear way of shopping. I adore catalogs, so I just want to throw that out there. But here's a couple of things on the homepage right off the bat. The Marx Brothers, one of my favorite Marx Brothers movies, A Day at the Races. And I know it's one of Bob's oh my favorites gosh. as well. It's always a fun watch. Um, I love it. And there's then right below that, there's Gene Hackman, who turned 94 last week, if I'm not mistaken, one of my favorite character actors in The French Connection. Next to him is a movie I totally remember growing up with called Murder by Death. I don't know if you remember Murder by Death at all. And then below that, there's Baby Yoda. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Mandalorian. And then next to a Monopoly game. And I'm like, OK, I could get one, two, three. I could get all these different things. They so must, plenty, plenty yeah. of things to, to see and do and buy most particularly at uh, Critics' Choice Video. And as Tim said, they are America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987. You can get to their site by going to ours, focusgroupradio.com, click on their logo, and do what I do. Just like, wow, refresh the homepage a couple of times. You're going to have a, thing, a couple things pop up. You're like, wow, I, I like that, and I like that, and I like that. So thanks for uh, joining us on TFGM Button. Uh, keep your eye peeled, or sorry, your ears peeled for uh, the focus group, which will drop later in the week if you're watching on YouTube, that drops on Wednesdays. And if it's in your audio uh, stream of choice, you'll see that popping up on Saturday. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll see you in the new one. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Available every Tuesday. Learn more about Tim and John, Unbuttoned, and all of the Focus Group platforms at focusgroupradio.com. <laughs>